Mando and Grogu showed up in this episode of Golden Girls. Oh my god. <laughs> That's Yeah, okay. <laughs> What's up, everyone, and welcome to the weekly Q&A. Real quick before questions, we need to send a shout-out and a thank you to Damocles94, who joined our Patreon at the Jedi Master level this past week. Thank you so much for your support. It means the world to us. Doing the intro is kind of hard, huh? I, I know. you got to come out the gate with that energy. That's true. I should have been like, yeah, <laughs> like you. <laughs> Eli is do or do not seven asks, if anyone should inherit the fedora after Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yeah, it's Indiana Jones season, which I was just, I wanted to take this question because I think the video that comes out the day before this is Indiana Jones, and it's going to be all Indiana Jones for a week. I'm just warning people. <laughs> Even the Q&A, we have one indie question, the rest are all going to be Star Wars. But uh, I did want to start talking about Indiana Jones because we're less than a week away to the fifth and final movie. So should the franchise continue on in some way? minus Harrison Ford, maybe minus Indy himself. But this is specifically about the fedora. Right. I mean, yeah, who's going to take on the mantle of oh, the I'm franchise? Oh, I'm thinking of hats. Uh, yeah, okay, I guess that could mean there would be a recasting. In my mind, I'm thinking, could he just pass on, pass the fedora on to someone else? Like, I, I had three options in mind, and I was just going to run them by you but we could talk recasting too if well, you want but i'm against it <laughs> i was literally just thinking of hats so i was like yeah they could give someone else the hat and have them wear it but wouldn't it be more fun if we did like a bowler hat or a beret you're getting like real <laughs> i like that you went to literal <laughs> hats and i was like metaphorically speaking this is a metaphorical fedora in my head we no could, it's fine we could change up the hat a little bit change the hat game up i don't, I don't know if that would offend a lot of people i think it would be hilarious okay so. well like to to build off of that one <laughs> of my hat. one of my options was that if we were gonna keep this going is instead of a fedora we have a new york yankees ball cap because that's what short round wears. Oh. Does he still wear that, I wonder, though? <laughs> I don't know. Probably not. He might team? have it just, like, sitting off to the side, like, <laughs> off on memories, but... I don't know. Like, a, a sports hat uh, isn't quite as timeless, you know? It is when short round wears it. I, I mean, I guess. We'll have to see short round and see what, <laughs> if he's still wearing it or not. And I wonder if he's, like, call me tall round now. I'm... <laughs> I'm an adult. I'm Kihi. I'm Academy Award winner Kihi Kwan. I'm tall around now. Yeah, I'm tall rectangle now. <laughs> tall oval. Uh, but yeah, like Kihi Kwan even said he would be down to come back a short round. We don't know. We haven't seen the movie yet. We don't know if he's in Indy 5. If he is, then he and Harrison have been playing it so coy. Like they seem so surprised every time they run into one another. So I'm not expecting short round. Um, I also... Like, I, I would welcome seeing Kihi Kwan do something else. Yeah. Okay. He's so on fire right now. He, he really is. <laughs> um, the, the idea of where Indiana Jones goes after this, Harrison Ford is not going to be playing him anymore. I think they should do a young indie, a new young indie series, and eventually he gets the hat. That's like one of the MacGuffins. <laughs> the MacGuffin is the hat. Well, we have the origin <laughs> story for the hat uh, from Last Crusade. Yeah. So, but like 
that could be just the, some bloke. The <laughs> his name is Fedora. The series finale is him going on a Boy Scouts camping trip in Utah, and we're like, oh, mm. we know, we know where he's going. Honestly, I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think personally, I I don't even know if I want indie the franchise to keep going. There were there were rumors of like an Abner Ravenwood. Uh, Disney Plus series, which seems like that seems like it could be a young indie adventure. Yeah, that's Marion's father. And we know that like Indy was with Abner and Marion for a while. So that could have been like a young indie thing. I don't know that that's a name that can carry a show. I agree. That's why I was like when I heard an Ravenwood. Yes. Ravenwood is a cool title. Just Ravenwood. Just Ravenwood. Uh, that's so Ravenwood. No, no yeah, no Abner though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry Abner, for all the Abners out there. I know we've offended a bunch of old old people. Uh, but <laughs> if I, your name is Abner, <laughs> go eat some prunes. Oh, if your name is Abner, I am sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just feel like now on Disney Plus, Abner Ravenwood doesn't work. Um, I was curious about that rumor, but it, that could have been what they really meant was a young indie series. I'd be okay with a new young Indiana Jones style adventure. I don't know if they're going to consider the TV series as it is now to be like quote canon. They referenced it a bit in kingdom of the crystal skull. So it's kind of just like it's there, but it it was never as popular as the films are i haven't mm-hmm. seen most of them i think i've seen one or two over the course of my life but even now on D- disney plus i'm like i should watch those but i haven't yet we've got so much to watch <laughs> <laughs> but that that's kind of the thing with indiana jones is i don't even know if i need or want it to keep going i don't know like what with this feels like the end of an era for harrison ford and mm-hmm. i'm like i i don't know I would be okay if has, this is the end. Has Harrison Ford expressed his wishes for the continuation of, of Indy's story? He said something like, the character dies with me. <laughs> so, And that's fair for him to say if he wants that. If, you know, if Spielberg, Lucas, all of them agree, I think that's fine. Um, but I was going to ask, do you think an animated Indiana Jones show could carry itself. Yeah. Honestly, there's a... That'd be interesting. I think there is... I'll I'll try to find the link and we can post it because there's a really cool animated like intro opening to a series that just someone made as a fan. And I love the art style. It's really neat. Uh, I'll see if I can find it. And like all the wacky ideas that Spielberg and Lucas came up with that they were like, oh, we, we really can't get away with that in live action. They could do it in an animated show. Yeah. It's just, indie is a weird, like, love for me because I do love the movies and the character, but I'm also, like, I'm not constantly clamoring for more uh, the way that Star Wars, I'm like, I love that entire universe. It's almost that the universe is what I love most about Star Wars. And indie is, like, real world. Yeah. And they're just fun adventures. There's like hundreds upon thousands of years to expand in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> and we can hop around to different areas of that. The indie universe is is quite small. Yeah. It's, so I'm like on this fence where I would be totally happy if they announced a young indie series. 
But I'm also like, if they never do, it's fine. Yeah. Also, I don't want that to come out as me being like, oh, it feels small. Because I've heard people say that. Like, the universe feels small. It's just a small amount of time. Yeah. The indie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I get it. Like, the way that Star Wars can do uh, Dawn of the Jedi 25,000 years in the past. Mm -hmm. All the way. Like, it's a whole different universe to flesh out as we see fit. Whereas indie has to keep some level of reality and occasionally open a magic box that melts faces. Let's go see those knights from 800 (laughs) years before Last Crusade. That'd be interesting. Like the and it ends with him just being like the first crusade. All right, let me open this book and start reading. Yeah, you want to see what that one night did for all those years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but back to the show. original question, <laughs> I, I was thinking that the options that exist are uh, short round Helena Shaw or Mutt, and I don't really think I a short round would be be my vote out of those. But I just... Helena Shaw is... The uh, goddaughter, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I mean, I love her and just about everything she does, but we haven't seen Dial of Destiny yet. Uh, So having not seen it, I can't really say for Mm -hmm. sure, but I would enjoy a show about her, I think. Yeah. So I I think that my, my vote is for the metaphorical fedora is that it does not get passed on to another character. Like, I think I'm cool. If Indy, if this is the final story for Indiana Jones, because mm-hmm. there are still things I need to go back and watch uh, the young Indiana Jones adventures. And I need to read some books and comics and just spend some time in that world. Sorry, Pippin. Yeah, Pippin walked in and everything stopped <laughs> for Molly. <laughs> Ormapa wants to know what Mon Mothma's role will be like in the Ahsoka series. I have to assume that she is still going to be the Chancellor. We're, what, five years after Return of the Jedi. I think she's still going to be Chancellor. That She looks very Chancellor-esque in that one shot we've seen her of. Um, yeah, I, I think that's it. But I'm excited for that. Yeah, Th- That's I, what I want her to be. I almost want to say that she's not going to have much of a role in this, that it's going to be more like a cameo, and that potentially that one shot of her that we see in the trailer is all we get i think you're probably right i do think it'll be a cameo but it's a cameo i'm excited for because we have been spending time in like the mandalorian uh and the book of boba fett talking about the failings of the new republic and i I think that they are all accurate i get what they're going for we've just spent a lot of time with like bureaucrats and tim meadows character and I want to see how Mon Mothma feels about all this because she fought so hard to bring down the Empire. She led the rebellion. She achieved victory. And yeah, it's difficult to now restore a republic. And she's not doing a perfect job, but I want to, I don't know, I, as Joseph Scrimshaw at Force Center says a lot of times, like he just wants to see justice for the idea that the new republic is better than the empire and making Mm -hmm. sure that like star wars clearly states that yeah so yeah i just want to see mon mothma kind of make that case in ahsoka because it sounds like even ahsoka is going to have some doubts about this new republic and maybe that's part of the story is her accepting mon mothma and her leadership and 
getting back out of this. We don't know what state her mind is in, but she just seems a little bit cut off right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not even going to feel like a cameo, really. It's it's like this big crossover event. Anytime Mon Mothma shows up in anything, you know, she's been around for so long and we've gotten to see her in like all these little pockets of different kinds of Star Wars. So like after seeing her so much in, in Andor, this is really exciting. And I wouldn't really call it a cameo at this point. Well, we but... don't know. Like if it's just one scene, I'd consider that a cameo. If it's every episode, then it's a guest star or whatever, co-star. Yeah. Um, but I also hope that people bring up, like Ahsoka just talks about how great she looks. She's like, it's been 15 years since Andor, and you are glowing. You look <laughs> the same. <laughs> Ryan Hammond asks, what aspects of Thrawn's character we're looking forward to seeing in the Ahsoka series? I chose this one partially because I know you don't have as much of a connection to Thrawn as like I do, or fans that grew up with the EU and the original Thrawn trilogy and stuff. Uh, so I'm curious of your answer, but I'll start and just say I really hope that they lean into his love of the arts more than they did in Star Wars Rebels. Um, I love that aspect about him, even though sometimes it can come off as a bit of a superpower, but I don't care. Like, I thought it was the coolest thing in Legends, and the way that it's handled in Star Wars Rebels, I actually think was perfect, because it wasn't him making giant logical leaps he recognized Sabine's art mm -hmm. and it, it, I just thought that that episode through Imperial Eyes I, I think that's what it's called that was my favorite version of Thrawn in Star Wars Rebels I, I thought he was great yeah um I think just the fact that we're getting a big villain who isn't you know like mustache twirly kind of like sniveling like He's not a super hateable guy. Yeah. Oh, like he is respectable. That was one of the big things that uh, Timothy Zahn wanted when he was writing the character is that Thrawn doesn't rule so much out of fear like Vader and Palpatine. Uh, the people under his command are actually like, oh, he's competent. He's mm -hmm. not like Admiral Ozzel. Com yeah, competent is a good word for it. He's worth following. And Thrawn does kill one of his own men or orders the death of one of his own men in the old books uh, for failure. So he's not like above that, but he's also not doing that all the time. He didn't do it in Star Wars Rebels. So yeah, I, I, I look forward to seeing a competent Imperial. Yeah. Another aspect, here's something from Star Wars Rebels I didn't like as much, is that in season three especially, the Rebels kept on escaping like they would foil Thrawn's plan and they would get away and everyone's like Grand Admiral Thrawn what do we do and he's like oh we'll win they win this round but we're going to win the war and this is all part of my plan and it's like okay you can only say that so many times <laughs> like once or twice I get and it does work out he does find them at the end of season three and everything but I don't want to see him just writing off failure after failure as like, oh, it's all part of the grand scheme. Yeah. He's just a smart dude, and I'm excited to see that play out in live action because, yeah, he, the voice work, everything about him, the way he speaks, his, you know, the fact that he, he we don't see him get super worked up about anything, mm -hmm. hardly ever. 
one time in rebels yeah yeah the one time and it was it was more scary because of that so i'll be interested to see if something similar like that happens in live action and i think that'll be a a really cool performance yeah he's just a different type of villain he's not a giant evil dark sorcerer he's a great military commander uh there is a lot of there's layers behind him where you understand his motivations it doesn't excuse anything that he does uh but his motivations aren't evil he just you know wants his victory so much he wants to protect his people so much that he makes a deal with the devil and he loses himself because mm-hmm. um, he he is still the bad guy. He is still a fascist, and he's okay working with Palpatine and his super weapons and the destruction of Alderaan. He's like, I don't like it, but I'll accept it. And it's like, that's not good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think a lot of people want to just excuse Thrawn because he's cool. He is cool, but he's still bad. So I'm looking forward to seeing that as well because I, I think that the original Thrawn books really okay Pippin (laughs) (laughs) the original Thrawn books really do show him as a villain still and Mm -hmm. then it was later books that showed his motivations yeah and like he holds this really mysterious aura for a lot of people that haven't read any of the books or or seen Rebels you know it, it kind of reminds me of Maul he was a cool bad guy that we didn't know anything about it first, so it might have that same vibe for people seeing him on screen for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for me, the answer is the art stuff. I want to see him be a little Sherlock Holmesy. I want to see him uh, figure some stuff out and outsmart our heroes. Pippin. Everybody look at my butt. What's, oh. What a star. Little starfish. <laughs> Now a word from our sponsor, Babbel. Molly and I just got back from Star Wars Celebration in London, and it's really given us the itch to see more of Europe. If you have an upcoming summer trip abroad, my go-to travel hack is Babbel. Whether you're a seasoned traveler or embarking on your first adventure, communication is key to fully experiencing a new culture. That's where Babbel comes in. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy, bite-sized language lessons, there's still time to learn a new language before you reach your destination. I took Spanish in high school and college, and completing the short lessons on Babbel has been a great way to refresh my understanding of the language again. You only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson, so you can start having real-life conversations in as little as three weeks. The lessons are expertly crafted around real life, so you can learn to have practical conversations. And there are a ton of ways to learn with Babbel. Beyond lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and more. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Shriwook and Hutties aren't options yet, but you can choose from 14 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash starwars. That's babbel.com slash starwars for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. Starcasm wants to know if droids have sentience, if they're part of the living force, and if they can use the force. We've talked about this before, but I think it's a timely question because we've got the Dark Droids comic arc coming up. And Charles Soule, uh, when I spoke to him in an interview a couple weeks ago, he said that these questions will be answered, or some of them at least. Um, Are they sentient? I think some of them. 
And Charles Soule said straight up, the reason why some seem like they are and some seem like they aren't, that's going to be discussed in the comic book, which I'm looking forward to hearing about. I don't think they can be part of the living force, but then we start to get all philosophical about like what is life. Like, yeah, I was going to say, depends on your definition of sentience. Sentience, I, I would argue, is like the existence of a soul and feelings and stuff like that. But what is a soul? Exactly. We're, we're immediately getting philosophical. Like, it, is it something we're all born with and then it dies with us? Or does it like, there, no one can quantify what that is. It's not something that you go and put in a Build-A-Bear. It's that little heart that you kiss and you put in the <laughs> Build-A-Bear. the heart. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I do think that C-3PO has a soul. Like, he has thoughts and feelings that are his own. Uh, to me, he is sentient. R2-D2, BB-8, I consider them to be sentient. Well, then I would argue that all droids are. We just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, and th that might be the case. But there are some droids that I I'm trying to think of a good example. Because, like, even a mouse droid, which is a pretty simple droid, but they seem like they have some autonomy. They... We get upset when they get hurt. Gonk droids are walking batteries, but same kind of thing where I I kind of feel like there's something in there. Yeah. I mean, and, the fact that it can say gonk in with different tones true. tells yeah. you something. You're gonna tell, you're going to look me in the eye and tell me gonky doesn't have a soul <laughs> from the Bad Batch? <laughs> Come on. B2 emo, that droid has a soul. <laughs> yeah. So now we're talking about like, if droids can be sentient at the very least, uh, can they be part of the living force? And I'm like, maybe? Because I want to say, you know, Yoda says luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. So droids, I do think, have a luminous part to them, but they aren't, they're machines. They're not alive biologically. Mm-hmm. So now we're like, again, it's philosophical. What connects someone or something to the living force? I think the force decides that. The force <laughs> works in mysterious ways. So I'm like, I could kind of see a droid connecting to the living force. I don't know that they would be able to use it. I think that's a little too far for me. Mm -hmm. That just seems a little too far-fetched, but... I could see all of C-3PO's anxiety <laughs> feeding into the cosmic force. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything starts somewhere. So if if you have this idea that humans have a soul, you know, everything is constantly evolving. Maybe one day droids evolve something that resembles a soul to them. And then the force is like, you know what? That counts. I mean, and we can get into like Battlestar Galactica or Blade Runner. And when we get into replicants, which Star Wars does have like droids that resemble humans, like they at the need end of true the... love <laughs> to have babies. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's a Battlestar <laughs> reference. <laughs> at the end of the day, like Battlestar Galactica, the Cylons are manufactured, but like, we are to understand that they are just as human as anyone else. Same with Blade Runner. Like, the whole message is that a lot of the replicants treat each other more humanely than the humans do. 
So there, I think there's an argument to be said of like the evolution of droids eventually connecting to the force. Mm -hmm. I think we're, I don't, I don't think that's ever going to happen in star Wars. Right. Cause we're talking about this as if it's not something that people are writing, like that humans are writing. Like if this were a real thing, what would happen? Um, Cause yeah, that would, to be honest, open a can of worms Right. that we wouldn't know what to do with going forward, I think. And it's weird because they keep like kind of brushing up against droid sentience and droid rights where we have droids like L337 being like, we're all being subjugated. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we had the droids in The Mandalorian Season 3 on that world where they were like, it's our purpose and we like it. And it just kind of like, it's bouncing back and forth. It seems like Star Wars doesn't know what it wants to say about droids. So I'm very interested in the dark droid arc, especially after what Charles Soule said. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think he's going to try to bring it all together and maybe make it work. Yeah. And maybe there will be a droid using the force. I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I kind of hope not, but. Yeah, I mean, Disney, Star Wars, they, they like to skirt around a lot of things. So it could just be a matter of time where we get enough char droid characters like L3 and lots and lots of others where they're like, you know what? We can work with this, working into a story, which might be what Charles Soule is doing. Um, similar to what we saw in Visions Volume 1 with... T-O-B-1. Uh, T-O-B-1, yeah. Yeah, I was going to bring him up because that was a droid that had a kyber crystal within him and he could use the force. It's and not canon, but... But we're saying the kyber crystal is the reason for that? Yes, but also, like, if we're talking about a, a rock that is force-sensitive and connected to the force, then why can't... It's a, a mineral. I, well, okay. They're minerals, Marie. <laughs> I... No, they're minerals. Jesus, Marie. I got some geodes coming that are very delicate, all right? I get it. <laughs> I don't know what the difference is, but it's a mineral. It's a non-living thing normally. But this one mineral is. So why not droids too? Yeah. I feel like my answer has changed for this over the years, but uh, the deeper I think about it, it just like makes my head hurt. Yeah. Like, it is, I think it's possible. It's a slippery slope thinking about these concepts because yeah. the, you'll you can easily just talk yourself into one direction having come from a different direction and i don't know just depends on what the writers decide to do yeah we're not writers no blakey boo asks what happened to vader's helmet after the rise of skywalker so like the melted remains of vader's helmet right so last time we saw it it was in first it was in kylo ren's like big white room on his star destroyer but then it transported through the force to kajimi and that's how kylo ren knew where ray was and he like popped back up into space because they were having that weird trippy duel mm -hmm. so did it make it off kajimi or did it just blow up with the planet wait was it on kajimi i mm -hmm. oh, see i don't remember that <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're fighting and they like cut the pillar that it was on apart right and then it like passes it teleports oh, down because like, they had that connection like the beads yeah. yeah i bet someone on kajimi found it and is using it for a paperweight or something <laughs> yeah but then kajimi blows up oh right well <laughs> mm, not looking good <laughs> so my thought is that it's my my thought still ends with it exploding i think but 
this to me sounds very familiar to like what happened to Kylo Ren's helmet after uh, Starkiller Base. Like it was on Starkiller Base and then it was he still had one in The Last Jedi. So I think Kylo Ren has someone like a, a low ranking First Order member, a private who just has to follow him around and pick up after him. Because mm-hmm. Kylo Ren is always just leaving stuff behind. And so this guy is just picking up helmets and picking up lightsabers or whatever. And he takes it back to Kylo Ren's room. Yeah, that's the only explanation. Or like they're like heavily magnetized or something. And he's got a little magnet that he can turn on and off. And as he was leaving, he turned it on and like zip all the, all the pieces. He's like, oh, yeah, I need to bring that along. Yeah. Got a little like tether. Yeah, he just seems like a forgetful guy and someone has to clean up and make sure that he doesn't forget anything. Or the only way I see it surviving and moving past the sequel trilogy, which I do think is possible, is that someone on Kojimi saw it and was like, I know what that is. And they picked it up and they were like, time to go sell this on the black market or something. And they leave Kojimi. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there's a, a way for the helmet to still be around. Sure. But I think the most likely scenario for now is that it exploded. Yeah. I Either mean, on Kojimi or on a Star Destroyer. It could just look like a piece of junk to some people. I guess I would be a little shocked if someone just automatically recognized what it was, but it looked like there were a, a good mishmash of types of people on Kojimi, so there's probably plenty of people just like just like what Jawas do. They're just picking up anything yeah. and trying to sell it. Yeah. So that, I think that's possible. Someone too. probably picked it up, didn't even know what they had, and sold it for way too little money. Mm-hmm. On to YouTube questions. Digipen92 wants to know if the kids from the Skeleton Crew will appear in future seasons of The Mandalorian, or if Din and Grogu will cameo in the new series. I think that Skeleton Crew is probably going to be mostly its own thing. We already know that uh, Vane, that one pirate from season three, like he was in the celebration footage shown. So the pirates are going to be a part of this story. So it's definitely going to be connected, but I'm hoping, I guess that it's a more self-contained thing. I don't want Din and Grogu to kick the door in of every Mandover show on episode five (laughs) and then take over. I I think that's what's going to happen. Look what it did for Book of Boba Fett. I agree that those episodes are probably my favorite of the book of Boba Fett, but I think Boba Fett had a lot more going on behind the scenes where that was supposed to be part of the Mandalorian and part of them continuing his story. Skeleton crew, I think was devised as its own thing that will exist in the Mandoverse, Mm -hmm. but I hope it serves as these characters introduction to the universe. Yeah. Well, I guess even saying that, the, out of the two of these options, I think Din and Grogu cameoing in their show makes more sense to me. Why? Just because, like, they're going off all on, on Grogu's journeys and adventures. True. And, like, imagine Grogu interacting with all these kids. That'd be so cute. Right. I mean, like, I... Their biggest moneymaker right now for Star Wars is Mando and Grogu. So I know. I don't want it to be a crutch. And that that feels like a crutch to me. So I'm hopeful that the opposite happens. I just don't think anyone out there other than podcasters are saying, well, I don't want it to be a crutch. 
I think some people think that. I don't. I don't. They'd be like, Mando and Grogu showed up in this episode of Golden Girls. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay. I I do think that the more my parents would probably be thrilled about it. Uh, Not to disparage my parents, but they you're right. They don't spend all of this time talking about this stuff. So I get it. But I I don't want every show to turn into the kind of sort of Den and Grogu show. So I'm against it, even though I really liked it in the Book of Boba Fett and thought it helped that series out. <laughs> I'm, I'm not against it, obviously. Yeah. I also don't want it to be a crutch, but I have accepted that it will probably continue to happen. I, I do think that the kids will appear again after Skeleton Crew season one, whether or not there's a season two, but as part of the Mandoverse storytelling... I assume they're going to be somehow connected to Dave Filoni's movie eventually, even in a small way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. <laughs> oh. Just got everybody in the video today. I know. It's a star-studded <laughs> Q&A. <laughs> Rishav Ramcharan22 asks if the... Church of the Force exists after the sequel trilogy. Yeah, I think they do. So that was like Lor Santeca's group. The Church of the Force has existed for at least hundreds of years because they were back during the High Republic as well. So I don't think that Kylo Ren wiped out all of the Church of the Force on Jakku. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they had like a radio show or newsletter or something (laughs) that spread themselves further than that yeah i mean like people know about the force not everyone can use it but the church of the force is just people who can't use it but feel connected to it know they are connected to it and still revere that connection so it wasn't like that was the entirety of the church of the force right there Mm -hmm. it was just a one one church i guess i think it would be an interesting concept to bring up to bring back up at some point because it is one of those ideas that could literally pop up anywhere. Anyone could be getting those newsletters. And it was one of George Lucas's ideas. Uh, He was developing it for Star Wars Underworld back when it was going to be the first Star Wars TV show that never came to be. Uh, But, you know, they keep mining things from that and the Church of the Force is one of them. So I think we will probably explore them more at some point. Danny Cheese 42 wants to know if Din, Grief Karga, Boba Fett, or anyone else could take Talon Card's role in the Thrawn story in Filoni's movie. So going back to the original Thrawn trilogy, Talon Card is kind of like a smuggler leader who unites all of those factions and says like, hey, the Empire's trying to come back. That's no good. And we should do something to help fight against that as well and not just leave it up to the same old people so they're still a smuggler yes because like din grief karga boba fett they're not really i don't consider them to be smugglers but i think i get kind of it's more the scum and villainy faction i wouldn't call talon card like scum uh he he's more of like (laughs) like a gentleman pirate like, he's kind of respectable. Okay. More more of a Lando scoundrel type. Like, he still does some shady stuff, but he's not terrible. Sure. So I, I think that maybe 
Grief Karga actually fits that role pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I remember speculating that Boba Fett might do that, where he's trying to unite criminal syndicates. Doesn't seem like that's going to work out now. So he's probably not going to take that position. But I think the idea of just bounty hunters or smugglers or whoever, maybe it's just Mandalorians being like, hey, we'll help out too. Mm -hmm. I think that that's probably still on the table. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me, too, for Grief Karga, because he might, after a while, he might get tired of just being up in his fancy office, wearing his fancy robes, doing, you know, the magistrate life there. And it it seems like his part of his arc is learning to support the New Republic. In episode one, he's laughing them off. And then in season three, he's asking them for help and he doesn't get it. Uh, Den has to come in and help, but I could see grief being part of that journey. Also, we should point out, like, I think there's room for Talon Card in the universe. Or Finnick Shand. Yeah, Finnick Shand. Like, the, there are plenty of options. I think Finnick could work too. But I think Talon Card could just be made canon. There's nothing standing in his way, I don't He's feel. He's got a cool name. Yeah. I mean. It's a pretty good name. Yeah. We could, we could definitely see that happen too. Santo Benedict asks if Jalen from the Outlaws trailer could actually be Kyle Katarn. Oh, yeah, because he's got the kind of the outfit and the shoulder pauldron thing. He does look a lot like Kyle. I'm going to go with no, because even though he does resemble, it would be funny if they just changed his name to Jalen for the trailer, but he's actually Kyle. Because, I mean, what kind of name is Kyle in the (laughs) Star Wars universe? This is pretty funny. (laughs) Just such a normal name, but like Kyle Katarn. Dang it, Kyle. You, gotta, you have to say Kyle Katarn. <laughs> I know, yeah. Because Kyle Katarn sounds great. Just Kyle. We are like just throwing names under the bus this q and I'm saying the Star have, Wars universe. I have friends named Kyle. I'm not... <laughs> I know. Well, okay. So what if Jalen is Kyle Katarn's middle name? And he's like, you know what? I've gotten enough flack for calling myself Kyle. I'm going by Jalen now. I'm going to assume that Jalen is some sort of homage to Kyle because I don't think you throw that look together <laughs> without knowing the similarities. Mm-hmm. But I don't Kyle to me is not an outlaw. You know, he is a I mean, he was at a, at one point he was a stormtrooper turned mercenary turned rebel, turned Jedi. He did a lot. He had a very storied career. Mm -hmm. But Jalen just seems like run-of-the-mill scoundrel, smuggler kind of guy. So I I think that there could be some allusions to Kyle, but not not make Jalen actually Kyle himself, because especially at that point in time, that's not where I would think he would be. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have a lot of hopefully a lot of interviews to look forward to to the game designers and developers and maybe one day we'll find out that like yeah they wanted to use Kyle and Lucasfilm said maybe no and then they were like okay well we can do something similar or I also had the thought that in that scene Kyle Katarn is actually just off screen and he comes in he's like get out of my chair why you got my stuff on yeah give me my shirt back (laughs) Jalen just robbed Kyle Katarn. He's, he's in his a, boxers. Yeah, he's he's just a goofball messing with him, <laughs> stealing his clothes and stuff. 
That's all the time we have for questions today. If you want to leave a question for next week's video, just put it in the comments below or sign up for Patreon to join our weekly Q&A discussion. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And as always, thanks for watching, and may the Force be with you.